Hi friends, my name is Jody Swee and I am a life coach and spiritual director traveling the country with my family in an RV as we seek to find the joy in the journey. I've been studying the Bible for over 20 years and I freaking love it. Now I'm sharing it with you in the hopes that you will discover that you do too. We're going to start today by acknowledging that God is with us and that he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Take a few deep breaths and really let the truth of that sink into your bones. God is with you wherever you are today and most likely has something to say about what's going on in your life. Are you ready to listen? Take a few more deep breaths as I pray for us. Father God, help us ignore the distractions that are going to pop up around us in this next short time that we have. Help us to pay attention to what you are doing in our lives and in the lives of other people. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Today, we're pondering the reality of Jesus, and we're digging into Acts 9. And I want to set the scene with a little context. The book of Acts is an account of what happened directly after Jesus completed his public ministry by enduring the cross and breaking sin's hold on us. He has risen from the grave and he's gone back to heaven in victory. That's where Acts takes place. And it gives us a picture of the beginning of the church. Fun fact, it got bungled as much back then as it does now. Most of the New Testament after Acts is the apostles writing to churches saying, bless your heart, but you're kind of getting off track here. So let's bring it back. But in Acts 9, it's still the early days and there's a lot of wonder and unknown. The Holy Spirit is on fire in Jesus' people, inspiring all sorts of new understanding. But it wasn't without trouble as there was a lot of pushback. There were the believers, the ones who accepted Jesus and who he was and what he had done. But there was a lot more who didn't believe. And it was heated because a lot of these people used to be friends. They used to be on the same page. Honestly, it reminds me of this past year and how the election polarized people who used to be Facebook friends. If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, we're done. If you don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, we're done. It was a mess and people were very passionate and it led to violence. People were actually killed for saying they believed in Jesus by the very people who used to be their friends and neighbors. One group in particular was recognized as participating in the violence, and that was the Pharisees. This was a group of people that were Jewish and they had political power. They violently opposed the idea that Jesus was their long-awaited Messiah, and they used their political power to try to shut up anyone who said differently. That's the environment we're in when we pick things up in Acts 9, with one Pharisee in particular whose name is Saul. Here's Acts 9, 1 through 5. Saul went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Let's pause here and just soak this in a minute. What's sticking out to you so far? Do you have any favorite parts? There's two things for me and one just makes my heart sing and the other one kind of makes me laugh. First, the kablam. 
Jesus is not messing around and his presence of light flashing from heaven knocks Saul to his knees. I was reading this, I'm like, ha, that's right, Saul. You don't know who you're messing with. The second thing that strikes me is the way that Jesus says, Saul, Saul. He says it twice. It sounds so personal and loving and gentle. It's like he's saying, I see you, buddy. I love you. But can we talk for a sec? So this happened. And now let's get back to the text. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. I wonder if Saul was depressed in those three days he was blind. I mean, could you imagine? You're out in the world telling everybody who's anybody that Jesus doesn't exist. And you're showing up in places to protest the people who believe in him. And you're trying to get them arrested. And then Jesus himself shows up in front of you. And you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are an idiot. Have you ever been publicly super wrong about something? Ooh, I sure have. <clears throat> and it's a tough pill to swallow. If it were me, if I were Saul, I would have been all up in my head replaying all the things that I said and did and just feeling so ashamed. But also, Saul heard Jesus call him ever so gently. And I'm sure that he also sensed the whisper of an invitation. And I love this next bit so much. In verse 10, it says that in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision and said, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Saul from Tarsus, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Okay, to be honest, <laughs> Ananias wasn't super excited about going. Like when he heard this, he was like, um... Are you sure you want me to do that, Lord? He's like, that's Saul from Tarsus. I've heard of that guy. He's arresting people like me and he might have me killed. But the Lord is like, nope, you got to go. So Ananias went. It says that when he entered the house and found Saul, he put his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you can see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Ah, okay, there's so much good stuff here, you guys. Take a minute and ask yourself what struck you about what I just read about what happened to Saul. Please feel free to stop here and spend some time with the Lord on it and what he has for you because there's so much in this passage. And since we all have short attention spans, I will only focus on a couple things. But if you've got other things to focus on and talk to with the Lord, please just turn this off. But if you're ready, we'll keep going. Okay, so the first thing that I notice in this is the grace and gentleness of Jesus. I just love it so much. If I were Saul, I would be filled with shame and embarrassment over how wrong I had been. But through action and word, Jesus seems to be covering that with his goodness. Saul wasn't an idiot. He was just blind. And he did not have to be ashamed because the Lord literally gave him sight that freed him from his past. Second thing that struck me is that 
Saul was not alone on this journey. When he was struck blind, he had people on the road with him who helped him to the place he needed to be for Jesus to free him. Not only that, but it was another's hands that caused those scales to be removed from his eyes. Let's take a minute and breathe through this. These two little nuggets about the grace and gentleness of Jesus and the fact that Saul was on this journey alone. Think about what this might mean for you. What might Jesus be inviting you to? Are there any lies that Jesus wants to free you from? Has Jesus kablammed something in your world so you will come to your knees and see him? Do you need to know that there is no condemnation in his eyes? That he loves you and offers you freedom from shame? Do you need to ask someone for help? Do you have friends on the journey that will link arms with you when you're blind and walk you to help? Gosh, I really don't want to insert myself here, but I also don't want to miss a chance for any of you out there that feel like you don't have someone to do this with. If you need someone to walk with, that's what I'm here for. That's why I'm a life coach and spiritual director. So if you need someone, please reach out to me and let me come alongside you. Okay, let's get back to Saul. This is really just the beginning of his story because through the course of his encounter with Jesus, he becomes the person we know of as Paul who wrote the majority of the New Testament. And as his story comes out and as he shares, it is one of the most beautiful examples of the reality of Jesus that we have. And we'll be digging into more of why that is next time. But let's pause and breathe here for a beat. Allow the Holy Spirit to have her way with you. What do you need to take with you today? Do you have any questions that you need answers for? Let me pray for you. I pray that God's grace would be very real to you today, that you hear Jesus gently and lovingly calling your name. Now let's take a few moments to pray for our people. Allow the Lord to bring some people to mind who you might pray for and maybe pray that they experience the reality of Jesus in their own lives. Let's end with something Saul, now known as Paul, wrote in Romans 8, 5 through 8. And this is from a man who has experienced it and knows what he's talking about. It says, Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but they never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Thank you so much for listening to Live Idlewild with Jody Swee. If you are loving this stuff and want someone to process with, don't hesitate to reach out to me. This is a huge part of what I do as a life coach and spiritual director. And you can try a session for free. Just head on over to my website, jodysweet.com, and schedule it today. Until next time, my friends, may you live in the love and joy of Jesus and allow it to grow wild within you until it overflows to others.